0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, welcome to a Wednesday night edition of the After Dark on the Field of 68. And on a night when Duke pulled away from Wake Forest in the second half, who better to have than this duo, right? We've got a a Dookie um, from CB uh, a Dookie and Seth Davis. I almost said from CBS, um, well, from from CBS and the Athletic both, and, and we've got a former Wake Forest star in Randolph Childress. So uh, let's start with this big matchup. There's plenty else that happened tonight that we'll touch on, including LSU's big road win against Florida in Gainesville, but. Uh, we got to start with this one because Duke was coming out for home loss to Miami on Saturday, uh, was without Coach K today for a non-COVID virus. While well, Wake has been pretty good, thirteen and yeah. four, three and two in ACC play, but uh, it was all about the young guys today for Duke. Yeah. And, and you get thirty-four-year-old John Shire coaching, uh, he running the show, and it was a pair of freshmen, Paolo Bancaro and AJ Griffin, who were the stars tonight. Paolo at twenty-four and five. Griffin in his first career start had twenty two, so let me start with you, our guest Seth Davis. <laughs> are you buying this Duke team now that they responded the way they did? That they're still maybe not just a national championship contender, but maybe the national championship front runner.
2: Front runner. Uh, first of all, Jeff, thanks for having me on the show. I'm a fan of the field of sixty eight and the work you guys are doing. And if this is like a Duke wake thing between me and Randolph Childers, that is not a fair fight. That is not, that is not fair. So I'm going to bow out. I'm going to Sharpie Randolph Childers on, on that one because (laughs) that is not, uh, I, I, uh, anyway, it's good to be with both you guys. Um, I I certainly wouldn't call Duke the the front runner by any means, but this emergence of AJ Griffin and me is a game changer, Um, you know, as we all know, and Randolph, you, you know, you being a, a real athlete, unlike the two of us, this guy missed two years of, ba- of playing competitive basketball because of injuries in high school. And then he tweaked his knee uh, over the summer and got a little bit late start on the season. It takes an extraordinarily long time for a high-level elite athlete to come back from something like that. And to do it as a freshman in college, also managing the transition from high school to college um, takes a long time. So as far as I'm concerned, he's way ahead of schedule. And to me, the significance of it is I'm a big believer, uh, particularly at the offensive end, that teams got to have three legs in that stool. You got to have three scorers who can create their own shot, who can uh, play in space and reverse the ball too. And, um, you know, obviously, Paulo is number one. Uh, Wendell Moore, you know, is one of the most improved players in college basketball. He was an absolute disaster last year. Um, he's not only scoring, but he's doing everything for this team. So he's kind of a star glue guy. And now Griffin to me is the final piece, because I think a big question that I had with this team, I'd be curious if you guys agree is their three-point shooting. Uh, I'm a huge believer. I know we're going to talk about Florida in in a little bit, if you're not, not only making three-point shots, but really (laughs) utilizing that three-point line, it's like you're playing four on five and Duke just didn't really have that. Presence, you know, Joey Baker for whatever reason just hasn't emerged. So for Griffin to be that guy who can do it from behind the three point line, score, uh, Jeff, you mentioned his first start tonight. I mean, I mean, he had what twenty two points on on eleven shots. That's great basketball. And so now you're taking a really good team and you're making it better. And now it's like the second week of January. Uh, The league can cut either way. Obviously, it's not a good ACC, which means they're going to win a lot of games. They're not going to get challenged as much, but they'll get challenged plenty. Uh, You saw what Miami was able to do to them. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Duke fan, of course I'm a journalist, so I don't care, but if you're a Duke fan uh, you have to really, really, despite the loss to Miami when I just think they played poorly and they had a COVID pause was I think a huge factor. I'm definitely buying Duke. I think they've got, I think they're a really good team and they've got a lot of room to get better.
1: Yeah. And listen, the bottom line is to me, My biggest question about them coming in was was twofold, was perimeter shooting and point guard play. And and I think Wendell Moore's answered most of those questions at the point. He's still not a natural point, but I love this move of putting Jeremy Roach on the bench, having your best five dudes on the court. And and to me, their ceiling is higher than anybody else's in college basketball, Randall.
2: Interesting. And by the way, can I just say, can I just me, Randall, that, what you just said about that, Jeff, that is one thing that Mike Krzyzewski has consistently done over the years that not enough coaches do. Well, he's my point guard. He's got to play. No, no. I'm going to put my five best guys on the floor and I'm going to play them 37, 38 minutes a game, Marvin Bagley minutes. And if they get tired or if they get tired, I'll make them practice less. And I'll I'll figure out how it all fits together. So yeah, that's a great point about bringing Jeremy Roach on the bench. Sorry, ran I've to interrupt.
3: No, you're fine. I mean, I I agree with both of you guys. That that like I said, we talked about this many times, Jeff. When when you allow them to play with Paula Vincaro at the five, it's a it's a, just a matchup nightmare because he's snatching and then it's just running. So when he rebounds, they're just pushing. So they're getting transition more, and then you're playing with a traditional center that's not accustomed to guarding a guy out on the perimeter and he's just creating and he's he'll set, he's just setting screens, forcing you to switch. You can't, you know, you can't hedge and get back to him. So when you switch it, he's just taking a smaller guard to the post. And with AJ coming in tonight, coming into his zone, if he if he gives them that and he's healthy, then I, I think athletically, they don't have to be a great defensive team, I mean, a three-point shooting team, but they're really good defensively now. And I think he makes them better so that they don't – it doesn't require as much rotation switch switching on their part. They just switch five. I mean, when the Moore is 6'5 and athletic, they're going to be able to switch five guys with that lineup and – there's no need to take, you know, to have to guard everything. They're going to be able to guard a three because they just want to switch every action you run. Hey,
1: Seth, before we get further into the weeds a little bit with Duke, I just want to know your reaction. I don't think we talked about this, your reaction to Shire being the next guy because we've talked about this for years, all of us, trying to figure out who the next Duke coach was going to be. Nobody had it as John Shire ever No, because, again, all the kind of, Everything fit together for John Shire, right? Chris Collins struggling. Wojo was fired. I don't know if Tommy Emmerker even wanted this thing. Jeff Capel struggling at pit. It was almost like I don't want to say process of elimination, but it kind of was to some degree, wasn't it?
2: Well, he's a fellow M- MOT, so can we say that the, uh, the the Red Sea parted for him? Is that can yes, we go Old Testament? Go. Very good. Can we get a little Testament on it? Um, look, I mean. The, the, the early verdict on Tom Shire is given by the top high school players in the country. I mean, that's however, whatever kind of coach he turns out to be, I'd rather him be not as good of a coach, bench coach, game coach, X and O guy and have great talent. And so, um, and this is one way that I really do think that the whole succession plan really helps him out in terms of recruiting where he's not, you know, if you have an abrupt transfer at the end of the year, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from behind because, first of all, you lose the guys that the former guy recruited. So you got to re-recruit those guys. I mean, he's absolutely crushing it um, in recruiting. Crushing you know h- h- how he does as, as, as a coach, we'll see. I mean, you know, we both know him pretty well. He's just a good dude. I mean, he's young. Um, you know, Chef. He likes to point out. Chef, I, yes. I
1: actually broke his commitment.
2: That's how old I am. Oh, you are. You are ancient. You are very ancient. <laughs> yeah. Did you cover Randolph Childress in, in elementary school? I, think.
1: <laughs> I did yeah. not. He's not, I'm that not, hey, I'm not. He's not that Hey, I'm not quite might,
2: that I would Randolph might have yeah. me beat a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, my first job out of college, I covered high school sports for the New Haven Register in Connecticut. And there was a coach at Notre Dame High School in West Haven named Gary Palladino, and he said to me once, basketball – is 70% talent, 20% coaching, and 10% luck. And I have not heard anybody say it any better than that. So what we know is that right now, John Child looks pretty good on that 70%. The 20%, I'm sure he'll do fine. It'll be interesting to see, by the way, he's going to have an assistant to hire uh, next, next uh, spring. I imagine he'll go with someone with a little bit more experience than the guys on his bench. But the, the 70% he's got covered, we'll see what the 10% is lucky enough to get the job. And I just think he's a highly intelligent, high uh, character guy. And, you know, like I said, if you're a Duke fan, very, 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 very early, but you got to be happy.
1: Yeah. Listen, I I still think this team, again, you know, every team has one of those Miami losses over the course of the year. And we make a big deal about it when it happens. And then you look back in March and nobody remembers it. Nobody cares. Sometimes it even helps out that team kind of get him focus. Right. And Randolph, I'm sure when you played, you had not one of those, but you probably had multiple uh, ones of those where, where kind of, you know, maybe refocused you or refocused one of your teammates or whatever it is. Do you think that Miami
3: loss can do
1: that for this new team?
3: I think it should, you know, I, you know, they didn't expect that. I mean, not to lose at home. I mean, let's give Miami credit too. I mean, they got three guards that can play. They got three veteran guards, but when you're dealing with a young team, like, like Duke's guard, Duke's best players tonight were are freshmen and they're young. I mean, you know, Trevor kills, you throw him the mix. They're really, really young. And even as sophomores, they're not a lot a ton of playing experience either. So their core guys are just a young group compared to most teams now, like the team they played tonight, like Wake. Wake is probably the second oldest team in the ACC. Duke's probably one of the younger guys. And so sometimes they get to believe and they get on a win streak, start thinking that those four letters on their chest was going to get them through it. And they need, they're going to get challenged every game they play because they're Duke, you know, whether they, you know, whether we think the teams are good enough, they're going to get everyone's best shot in this league. So even whether it's Virginia tech, no matter who's at the bottom of the league, they're more talented, but they're going to get everybody's best shot. So, I, I don't think it's close. I think they'll run away with this thing, but they'll get challenged quite a bit. And they're going to lose games like that because, hey, Miami, when their guards are playing well, can give anybody trouble.
2: And by the way, we, we haven't mentioned Mark Williams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was no, pretty no, special because no. I was thinking about him, Randolph, when you were talking about their defense, like, you know, they can guard that three-point action, but he's, he, he erases a lot of mistakes. He's that sort of, you know, Emil Jefferson type of, of of player that they've always had. You know, Brian Davis back in the day, that glue guy. And in this case, uh, uh, maybe a rim protector on the level that I'm not sure they've had before, right?
1: In a while, that's for sure. Now it's time to uh, to talk to the guy who did get his first career start tonight, and boy, did he respond in a big, big way! All right, now we are joined by none other than Duke freshman uh, AJ Griffin, coming off a his first career start in a Mm -hmm. uh, a terrific performance um, in the land of Randolph Childress. Randolph hit many a three in that building, AJ. So I'm gonna defer to him on the first question because he should be asking it.
3: AJ, I gotta ask you. I'm gonna go back to your AAU days. I I was curious, how'd you get around to turning in to not turning in your cell phone on an AAU road trip? How'd you get out of that?
4: (laughs) I mean I I guess like the coach is always watching, you know, (laughs) on the bus, you know, I don't know, really to be honest. (laughs) You know, I just I had to have fun, you know, uh, that road game is, is, is definitely fun, you know, to be out there. So yeah. <laughs> You hit your so,
3: phone pretty good. I heard you didn't turn it in much.
4: Uh, yeah, I probably probably turned it in probably like once or twice, you know. Let's go so ahead. what
1: was it like tonight, AJ? I mean, 22 points, uh, first career start. I think a lot of people uh, thought that first start would come sooner than it did, but there were some mm-hmm. other issues that we'll talk about in a little bit that probably pushed it back. But uh, what was it like tonight?
4: I mean, you know, I had the same mindset each game, you know, where whether you start or not, you know, just be prepared. And, you know, my dad always says, be faithful to your minutes. You know, you know, you can't control, you know, anything else. You got to control what you can control. And so I just focus on that. And I'm great. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my teammates to really, you know, helping me me through that. AJ, how
3: did you feel? How, how, how physically do you feel? How did you use the knee? And when did you feel like yourself when you knew you were ready to play like this?
4: Um, uh, I can't pinpoint like a game, but, you know, after I got a few games under my belt where I felt like, okay, you know, you get, you got, you got to go, you got, you can't be thinking about, you know, whether it's a knee or whatever, you know, you, you're going to have injuries in your career. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, play hard compete and get back to what I was doing. So, yeah.
3: But once you got cleared, you physically felt like you were okay. Was it was just a matter of getting your timing down or you needed yeah. need more time?
4: Yeah, yeah, it was just getting my time and dying, you know, so yeah. So
1: Duke doesn't lose many in Cameron. The other night could not have been easy in that locker room after the game. How important was this one to be able to bounce back and pull away and win the way you did?
4: Um, I think, you know, after that loss, you know, this game really showed our spirit, really showed, you know, how to bounce back from that. And, you know, that one hurt us a lot. And we, we wish, you know, we could execute at the end, so... Coming into this game, we wanted to execute, be sharp with everything, and play Duke basketball. Really,
3: how much was how much of a distraction today was it not having Coach K? You know, I know he's ill today, and I hope he's doing well. Uh, how much of a distraction on game day to find that out?
4: Um, you know, you know, we were all, you know, we we were all uh, wished he was here, and but you know, Coach the Coach I and all the other coaches, Coach Dot, you know they did a great job of, you know, keeping us focused on uh, what what we have at hand. And so, you know, we just kept that same mindset. that like We are going to win this one for coach. And so, you know, we're happy we got it done. So, yeah.
1: Not as much yelling from uh, a young John Shire as from Coach <laughs> K. <laughs>
4: um, not, not, not as much. <laughs>
1: what do you think? Was Shire nervous? I mean, he had one last year against Boston college. Um this is only the second time, you know, on the sidelines, but it's probably a good tune-up for next year.
4: No, yeah, he did a great job, you know. You know, he was keeping everyone in check, make sure, you know, being sharp, you know, being a great coach. So, you know, it's like you said, a great a great uh, head start for next year. AJ,
3: you got to start tonight. What did you do differently? Is it something you did differently, or was it just a matchup with this opponent? Why did you get to start tonight? And this is something that will continue or you, or you feel comfortable coming in off the bench, but why tonight?
4: Um, I mean, I think that's a question for the coaches. Uh, you know, I just came in, played hard. You know, you know the minutes I got, you know, I had the same mindset, you know. And so, you know, coming into the game, you got to bring that energy. It doesn't change if you're coming off the bench or not. So, you know, moving forward, I'm fine with anything. I'm just ready to play and ready to win, so.
1: AJ, last question before we let you go. What's the biggest thing that you feel this Duke team needs to do in order to reach its potential and and hopefully cut down the nets in New Orleans?
4: Um, I would say, you know, just the little things. You know, the dirty work, you know, playing hard, and, you know, just executing, really. That's all it is, execute. And knowing that, you know, it's going to be fight every game, and and we just got to play hard, really, so... Yeah.
1: Well, listen, we appreciate you taking the
4: time. Uh, heck of a first start,
1: finishing with 22 uh, points and uh, continued success.
4: Thank you guys so much.
1: All right. Good luck, man. All right. That was Duke freshman uh, A.J. Griffin, son of Adrian Griffin. And, boy, did he come out strong tonight in his first career start. Uh, this is after dark in the field of 68. Jeff Goodman here with Randolph Childress and special guest, Seth Davis. And uh, listen, that was certainly a big win for Duke, but I'll make the case that I think LSU had a bigger win tonight because it was a win in Gainesville without their starting guard, Xavier Pinson, okay, who suffered a right knee sprain the other night. It looked really bad. Like when he went down, I thought he was done for the year, and luckily for him and for for the Tigers and Will Wade, it was only a sprain, and he'll be back soon. But uh, this is a team that has flipped it; like they couldn't guard anybody a year ago. They were terrible, and and they could score it. Obviously, they had Cam Thomas, who was kind of you know (laughs) the the, the microwave of sorts, right? The Benny Johnson of our era, and uh, now they've got a team that is terrific from a defensive standpoint. They helped Florida 58 points tonight. And I love the play of, of Eric Ains, a sophomore point guard who um, got more minutes today with Pinson out. How good is this LSU team, Seth? I mean, they, they're obviously, they've come out of the gate so strong. And the one thing when you talk to other coaches, and I know when you say the words Will Wade, people kill you if you say Will Wade and anything positive because everybody says, every fan, whatever, cheater, cheater, cheater. But when you talk to enough coaches, what they will say about Will Wade is he is one hell of a basketball coach right now.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And, and by the way, Tari Eason fouled out with, what, 14 minutes to go um, yeah. in, in the game. And, you know, I mean, Florida, I mean, they just can't shoot. And it's like you're watching them and, and, and they say, well, they're getting open looks. And there's a reason they're getting open looks, because you don't have to guard them. Um so that's a big problem. They're now 0 in 3 in the SEC. And you're right. It's, it, you know, Will Wade didn't become a better defensive coach this year over last year. Uh, he, he has different personnel. And, you know, Cam Thomas um, was one of those guys who was just good enough to get you beat, quite frankly. Uh, he had zero interest in playing defense. Yeah. Uh, he was a very high volume shooter. So, yeah, he got his points, but uh, I'm not sure how much he was really helping the team win, to be perfectly frank. So, you know, this team, fits a little more um you know it's a shame that Eason wasn't more uh a part of the win the night although it's like I said it's even more impressive um what they do without him and you know I I talked to Will on Sunday uh about Eason because I said to him I'm starting to get obsessed with this guy It's really not healthy um because <laughs> and frankly not to put you on the spot Jeff because this is a professional compliment to you because you're the one that I go to. I went and found stadiums top 100 transfer list and I couldn't find him on there. So he was not on there. He was awesome. And you know what? He didn't deserve to be on there because he wasn't, he didn't at least play enough. And maybe what this says about John Brannon. And what Will told me is, you know, they're all using these analytics companies now um, to evaluate the, the transfer portal. Uh, and there's this company, there's a couple of them that really special, because how can you tell, you know, you have these guys in, you know, Eastern Kentucky and, you know, this kid uh, from Wofford who had a great game for uh, for uh, Alabama the other night, or, or excuse me, uh, Texas Tech the other night. Um, you know,
1: he he was, it's Adonis Arms. Adonis Arms, Pat Kelsey, right. Pat Kelsey used the same sort of analytic system to get him to Winthrop, believe it or not.
2: Well, there you go, because he was a Juco kid, right? So so Will said, you know, this kid, Eason, his analytics guy, gave him like a really high score. And Will Wade said, I'd never heard of him. So I went on Synergy and looked at his possessions and was like, wow, like I really liked him, but he just hadn't done it over a long period of time. So there's certainly no reason to expect um, that that he would uh, have the kind of season that he has. And, yeah, this is the type of game that LSU would not have won last year. Cause it was on the road and they are missing, you know, one and a half of their three top three players. Uh, And they still found a, a way to win and they have an identity on the defensive end. I caution people uh in terms of my top 25, I had LSU. I was kind of a lag lagging voter on them, but just because I'm like, Hey, I think they're pretty good, but you, you got to play. It's like USC, you know, people voted USC number five. And think I'm like, you gotta beat somebody. I mean, I, I, look, I watched them. They look fantastic. Maybe they're going to win the national championship, but they haven't beat anybody. And so that's kind of right. where you I was for a while. Reward,
1: yeah, you can't right. reward a team for beating up at this point in the season. Right, when you're in mid, almost in mid-January, right, you got to beat somebody.
2: And that's not to say they're not good, but in terms of my listen, my ballot is a fickle mistress, mistress. I'm sorry. So anyway, point being that LSU is now now has the wins, and to me, I think tonight was their most impressive one of the season, given all the circumstances. So yeah, it bodes well. And you know, there's an interesting con- side conversation here, guys. I'm I'm curious as to see your take about you know, the best conference in the country, because I've kind of been on the SEC um, for most of the season. It's a little bit, you know, bifurcated. It's not as deep as the Big 12. But, uh, you know, you want to talk about a little some strength at the top, the way Kentucky's playing now? I could probably make a case for the SEC is the best uh, conference in the country.
3: RC, what do you think? That would be close. I mean, Kentucky's playing a little better than we thought. You know, I mean, Auburn is, I think, by far, it's the best team in the league. And Kentucky is right there. Alabama's kind of in the middle. They've fallen off a little bit. But they had—they played a stretch where they went on the road and showed what their ceiling is. I just think a big with size, like a Jabari Smith type of guy, I don't think they have a matchup for. But that guy, I don't think anyone has a matchup for. So th- th- who they play would matter. You know what I mean? But. The rest of the teams, we you know they, Tennessee can't score. I mean, we'll get into to get that but we can do
1: that now. We can we yeah, do I, that I now within LSU. Yeah so I think that's the best team. Your your SEC power rankings, Randolph, yeah. one to five. One to five. How do you
3: go? I'm gonna go Auburn one. I, I think they're clear cut number one. I don't think how we can refute that at all. I mean, I, I that's pretty I think that's pretty consistent. A big one against Alabama, you know, Alabama the other night. I'm going to go with LSU, you know. And, and early on, we questioned because it seemed like they had the cupcake schedule; they didn't play anybody. But one thing we do know is, is that you talked about Coach Wade. I mean, Will Wade. It's they were an offensive team that just had no interest in defending anybody last year, which was against them. But they won, right? They just outscored you. They had that three-headed monster and just kind of throwing the ball out there, and we're like, we're going to score you. This year, they brought in tougher kids, and they have an identity. And man, they are. They're sticking to it. you got to give them credit. They, they've just switched from, from one year to the next, a, a completely different philosophy. But I think you're going to have to do that now with the portal. You're going to have to adapt. to Whatever analytics you use to get players, you still don't know what you're getting until you get them into your system. And and you're kind of flipping you know flipping a the coin there. So, you know, talking to Kevin Nickenborough and their staff, they were really impressed with the toughness of their guys, and that was something that they looked to start after, after last year's team. And they're two, and I think I'm going to go with Kentucky probably at three. I'd go Alabama four. I still believe that, they, that I, what they are. They're not as good as they were a year ago, and that's fine. They were as good as any team in caught us basketball a year ago, but I still like them. And Tennessee is my fifth spot. I just don't trust them offensively, of, of scoring consistently, but we know they're tough. We know they're going to defend. And if they get any perimeter shooting, then, then they can beat anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm with you. You got to go Auburn one today, uh, and Wendell Green has been a difference maker for me. I mean, that Man. kid's swagger is oh. insane. You know, it comes from Eastern Kentucky, and the dude, I, 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 think he he honestly thinks he's like, he, he believes he's agreed. the best player on the floor. Yes, he believes, he believes he's the he, best player. He may floor. not. We know he's not, but
3: he believes he's the best <laughs> player on the floor.
1: Yeah, which can be dangerous. At times, and I yes. remember talking to Bruce Pearl before the season, and he even said to me, "He's like, I don't." I said, "I go, what's your point guard situation? Like, I know you get Jabari, I, I know you get some other really good players there. Walker Kessler coming in. What's and he's like, well, I don't really know yet. I don't really know how good he is. Well, he's been way better than than Bruce thought he'd be. But I, I'll go Auburn one. I still think, and maybe it's just because when I went there in the preseason, I fell in love with this Kentucky team. I fell in love with Oscar. I fell in love with Ty-Ty. And Ty-Ty finally with Severe Wheeler out. And I hope Severe is better. I love Severe as a kid. And I hope his post-concussion, whatever he's gone through right now, he'll get back out in the court soon. But I honestly think this might have been the best thing for Ty-Ty Washington because now he's got the ball in his hands and we're seeing what he can do in terms of making people better and and not just putting in Severe's hands when he comes back and saying, Ty-Ty, you're a straight two. Let them play together and try to feed off one another because Ty Ty, to me is the X factor. He's the key to Kentucky getting to you know deep in the in the NCAA tournament. I
3: well, would actually is, bring Severe yeah. from the bench if you could. I don't know if they would. I don't know how much you can play them together because you can't you're not gonna guard Severe without the ball in his hand. Right? You're just not gonna guard him. If he's gonna play I hate off the saying ball.
1: It, but you're right. No, you're right. He's
3: yeah, a nine shooter. He's a, he's just a non-shooter. As good as he is, that's not a strength. And, and if he would buy into that role, it may be best for them. And, and, and because Tata's ceiling is so much higher, but I just don't know if they're going to do it. I'm sorry, Seth. You go ahead.
2: No, no it's a great. I'm actually, you know, what's coming to mind is is it, is this the backcourt version of? Zach Eady and Trevion Williams, you know, uh, you know, th- I think you have more flexibility with the guards. But Randolph hit it right on the head. I mean, Severe Wheeler cannot shoot a three pointer. I mean, he, he literally can't. And um, you know, when they when they had their uh, uh, their big win over North Carolina, um, it was because he finally decided. I can't shoot threes, so I'm going to shoot twos. And all this analytics BS is like, I don't get it. Oh, you got to have threes right at the rim. Well, I'd, I think a made two <laughs> is better, better than, than a from missed three. From three. Maybe right. I'm maybe I'm just simple-minded. Um, but I think particularly <laughs> at the college level, they, people can get a little bit trapped into that. Um, is anybody um, – let me say one thing about Auburn. Um, because what I'm really growing to appreciate about Auburn is you talk about – Jabari Smith, Jalen Williams, and Walker Kessler, maybe a little bit of a lesser extent. but those three guys can all switch out on ball screens. You, you can switch with those guys and they can hedge on guys. the first two. Kessler's a little bit a little bit iffy, but he's also seven1. So he's incredible at the rim, right? So he's got a little bit more. But Will, Williams is phenomenal at that. Yep. And with everybody trying to go small, and playing ball screens and trying for that exact reason of getting bigs in a vulnerable situation. And then you like Jabari, the fact that Jabari Smith is good at that. It should be against the rules for him to be that good at switching out on, on spot because of everything else that he does. And, and, you know, whatever Wendell green is drinking Jabari could have a little bit of that because he, he his numbers could be even bigger. I know physically he's not quite there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting now. I mean, you know, I, I, we all do top 25s. Mine is obviously a lot better than Jeff's, but um, you have to consider Auburn. Is Auburn number one, Jeff? I don't even know who you had. Who did you have number two last week? You have Duke? No, Duke. Duke no, Law. I, so, I think I had Gonzaga. I don't even know, yeah, to be honest. I think I had Gonzaga.
1: I think I have Auburn three. I'll, I'll come out with one tomorrow, an updated one. Oh, I can't wait. I like um, I'll have Gonzaga two. Um, I'll still have Baylor won. I, I think Baylor deserves to stay one. Baylor won. Know, Interesting. Well, I know a okay. lot of people are like, well, they lost. But I, I thought the disparity, you. what they have done, you know, was significant enough that even a loss against the Texas Tech team without its leading score, and I know it sounds crazy. At home.
2: Um, to me, the, the home thing is what might yeah. get me.
1: I get it. I get it. Yeah. But Auburn, Auburn lost to a UConn team that nobody has ranked.
2: Right, I, I think enough.
3: they've been dominant too. Prior to that, they lost, and no one expected them to go undefeated. Right. But they have been dominant. You can just, go
1: any which way.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. There's
2: way. no way we're, right we're
1: going to get into that in a minute. Yeah, with, with not just who we'd have at number one, but I'll pose the the million dollar question to both of you guys in a minute. But I want to finish up on the on the SEC power rankings again. I have Auburn one, Kentucky two. I think still Alabama, where you can't trust them. I get it. They don't guard anybody yet. Their ceiling is much higher to me than LSU's if they figure it out today. Yes. I probably have LSU above them because they've earned it, but I think Alabama has a chance to, to jump them. If Nate Oates can figure out what he did with his previous group and it took him a year plus, but he had Herb Jones. That was the difference. He had Herbert Jones right. and Herbert it's, Jones it's- can cover up a lot of defensive issues. Mm-hmm from some of those other guys. He does not have Herbert Jones or anything like it, close yeah. to it, on this year's team.
2: Is, that, is anybody watching Texas A&M, by the way? Do I need to study up on them, Jeff, or should I wait? Yeah, i don't know wait. Much about wait. They haven't played anybody. Yeah, they haven't, yeah. played, they haven't anybody. played
3: anybody. They, I mean, ACC, the SEC wins, I think, it's Georgia, um, yep. Ole Miss, or Mississippi State or something Arkansas. like that. Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas was the other you know one. Buzzes,
1: you know what Buzz's problem was? Honestly, when he got the job, everybody thought he'd he crush it because he did it at Marquette. He did it at Virginia Tech, a really tough place that uh, the previous coaches had not gone to the NCAA tournament um, often or at all. Um, what he did was he hired a staff at Texas A&M that just it wasn't good enough. It was very inexperienced as far as recruiting. And I think that has set him back a year further than most people thought. But he's Listen, they've gobbled up a lot of cupcakes so far, and ultimately, okay. their their record's probably not worth you paying a ton of, of attention to them yet.
2: All right, I'll give them I'll give them a couple weeks.
1: Give them a couple weeks. Uh, Kentucky, I don't like Kentucky. to work any harder than
2: I have to, so that's why I'm asking. Right.
1: That's right. <laughs> I mean, me either. As you get older, you, we we learn that, yes. don't we?
2: Minimizing. I want to minimize. Conserve my energy.
1: That's right. We don't have a lot left in the tank. So uh Auburn one set, Kentucky two or LSU two.
2: Tough one. Tough one. Um I lean Kentucky because of Shibute. I mean, they, they have a guy who you can make a a very easy case for him right now as national player of the year. I mean, in terms of not only his numbers, but what he means to his team, um, is is pretty extraordinary. And he's he's much better than I. I, mean, I knew he'd be good, but it, it was a little weird how he left West Virginia in the middle of the season and what happened there. And still not quite sure, frankly, but um, yeah, he's been, he's, he's, he's been great. It's hard to imagine Kentucky right now without Sheboy. So, um, and, and, and I do think that their ceiling is probably higher than, than LSU. So I, I would, I would lean that. Man. I, look, I think Bamba's is going to figure it out. Um, obviously they're not, they're never going to be a great defensive team. Um, and like a lot of teams, they can beat anybody, they can lose to anybody. And they have. <laughs> they,
4: <laughs> They've they lost they have to Missouri,
2: and they beat Gonzaga and Seattle. I mean, you can't get too too much. Um, and then Tennessee's a, a, a weird team, aren't they? I mean, again, kind of similar to what I was saying about Florida. They, they just can't shoot. Yeah. And, you know, they got a couple of guys in Josiah Jordan James and B.J. Bailey, they can't throw it in the ocean. So, you know, Chandler ha- has shown some of that. Uh, but he's still a freshman and Vescovy is, is, you can't totally depend on, I don't know why Justin Powell isn't playing more than he is. Incredible. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I'm shocked on that too. I haven't asked Rick that, but yeah. I am surprised he hasn't been able to get in the court more. Also. Because
2: they need, they need what he does. They yeah. need what he does. I don't, I don't, uh, so they're a little bit suspect to me. In, in, in yeah. That
1: I, listen to me again, the top, the top half of the SEC is really good. The bottom half absolutely stinks. Yeah. Um, I, I would go Big 12 going back to your original question. yeah, I would give Big 12 the slight edge just because I think they have two teams that are capable of, of winning. And you, I guess you could say that with the SEC. You have two teams in Auburn and Kentucky capable of winning six games. I trust Baylor and Kansas more than I trust Auburn and Kentucky
3: to win six straight.
2: You're trusting Kansas Are, are right we now, saying huh?
3: that because of the tradition of the programs? No, nothing to oh, do with introducing the program. Zero. Okay. I mean, I mean Zero. This,
2: this, this Kansas team is not proven to be very trustworthy right now. I'm not they sure. Not I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not liking the trend lines.
1: Well, I'm not either, unless somehow Bill Self, and I trust him to do it because he did it last year, uh, get David McCormick back. Like, somehow find a way to get him. If you remember, it was like a tale of two seasons now. Right. I think McCormick probably turned it on about now, last year, right when conference play started. So maybe he'll do it again. But without McCormick, you you can't see 20 minutes of Mitch Lightfoot and and expect to contend for a national title. So I'm I'm with you. I just – I trust Bill Self, number one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Martin's not healthy yet. Correct. He's hurt. So I just feel like Kansas has most of the pieces. I I just – I don't know. I mean, Auburn – I just – If I gave you –
2: I I, I know we're going to do the net worth question. I'll give you uh, Baylor – Texas Tech, Kansas, those three, or I'll give you Auburn, LSU, Kentucky, and the the national champ is going to come from one of those groups. Which group would you take?
1: The Big Twelve. I'll take the Big Twelve three.
2: Randolph, I'm taking the SEC. Really? I'm with I'm I'm with him. Are you? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All
3: right. But one of the reasons I say it's because I think the best player on the floor is 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 playing for Auburn. Yeah. And. yeah, in bad. any of those matchups, yeah,
1: uh, but, I, I but think I'm, the best player here's the first what face. I'll tell you. Here's what I'll tell you: the best point guard in the floor is playing at Baylor.
2: Oh yes, yeah, I'll give you, you that. Yeah,
1: and 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 give me a national title team that did not have a, maybe not an elite level point guard, but a damn good point guard. Yeah, and, and most of them have two. Okay, yeah, I would say
2: probably more than one, and they do. They, they they do as well. By the way, so yeah.
1: That, that's point. why I like Baylor. That's why I kind of like Gonzaga still. And I know we're not going to see him much over the next couple months. We'll yeah. see him here and there against BYU, St. Mary's, but nobody's watching them against Pacific, uh, yeah. probably peppered on those schools. I, I think that actually gives Gonzaga a chance to get, and Mark Few a chance to get Nolan Hickman, big, big minutes to try to get yep. him ready. Because Nemhard is what he is. He's seasoned. Get Chet ready, too and we might see a completely different Gonzaga than than we last saw. So speaking of that, speaking of that again, the million dollar question here to both of you guys. If you had to bet your house on one team. You and I know Seth, I know you live in a mansion out there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I live a little itty bitty, great place but anybody. <laughs> We're not about square footage on the west coast. That's We're about right. what's no, outside got to house. Do
1: with it. Listen, I I ran into Seth two years ago, Randall. Yes, three Two years ago, three two years ago. I'm
2: more than that. More than that. I went four, four maybe. Where
1: were? Where, where was Becker's,
2: I? Becker's Bakery down on uh, Manhattan. I'm just Avenue. randomly, in random looking
1: for a breakfast spot, and I go into this bakery. I don't know why I wanted a bakery for a breakfast spot, but I did. It's <laughs> you sugar. like
2: flour and sugar? Who doesn't yeah, like flour right. and sugar?
1: <laughs> and Seth, Seth's in there, and I'm, I'm like. And you can look at the beach from this place. Yeah, I'm like, why am I living in Boston still? Good Starts question. He left Connecticut for the damn beach in California, and never yes. came back. Smart never man. Never come back. Thank
2: you. He's never a smart man. All right, Randolph. I got room for you, Randolph. Come, come, you can come crash.
1: You got a room. You got. He's got a whole room for you. Oh, that's Omar, oh hey, that's fine. That's all I need. Mean. <laughs> so, if if you got okay. to put everything on 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 the Davis Mansion, who are you putting on? What team? You know,
2: for me. I, I was, cause I, I mean, it would, I, I want to say Auburn, but it, it'd be hard to go against Baylor. It would. I just think they have all the pieces in the defense. I wish they threw it in the post a little more. Maybe that's the one thing that they're missing. Um, but I just think their talent and their culture, but I I, I could make it. It's tough for me between Baylor and Auburn right now, but i I'd lean towards Baylor, but I'll reserve the right to change it.
3: All right. Baylor, Baylor. It is for Seth Randolph. What do you got? I'm going to go with Gonzaga. I think they're going to figure it out. I think they'll get those young guys reps that they need through the course of their conference play. And I just believe when the conference turns around, I can't imagine there's any team any hungrier than they are. And I think they're as talented as anyone, and I think they'll be the hungriest team. come Baylor, we know. They're going to, they're going to strap up. We know they're going to defend. You're going to have to bring your lunch pail. They're going to be a tough out. Uh, Auburn. I just think that now we're not talking about Gonzaga enough, and I think that they're going to be a team. We talk about a ceiling to improve. I think they have as much of a ceiling to get better than all these teams than 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 just about anybody in the country. I think they have the largest you know room for growth. And I, if I had to bet, come March, for right now, I, I'm, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go with Gonzaga. You know what? I'm riding with you there, RC. I'm,
1: wow! Two point guards. Two point yeah. guards. Maybe yeah. the best player who's done it at a high level, the veteran yes. Andrew Timmy, they've got enough shooting, not great shooting, but enough perimeter shooting and a game-changer in the defensive end that yes. is going that he's going to look completely different after he terrorizes the WCC. He's going to yeah. have confidence in the offensive end. It's going to be a different Chad Holmgren, I think, when we see him come March. in in WCC tournament and obviously the NCAA tournament. So I I like both of those. It's really hard to choose for me between Gonzaga and Baylor. And again, I always start with point guard play. And I think Akinjo is the best point guard in the country, but I think the combination of Nemhart and Hickman has a chance to be really, really good. And they've got, it. just, like Randolph said, like they've also, they've been there, you know, a lot of their guys, enough of their guys have been there, been close, and Drew Timmy just gives him that kind of emotional leader as well that, that I think could carry him over the top. So, listen, it, it's tough. Those two to me are the two. I can't believe right. none of us took Duke because I do think if you look at Duke, right, think about this. Paolo could be the number one pick. He'll be in the top three. We know that, right? A.J. Griffin's going to be probably somewhere in the middle of the first round. We agree right. on that?
2: Probably higher or than Williams. Yeah.
1: Mark Williams, Wendell Moore, and Trevor Keels could all be first rounders, late first rounders. Right. Early second, late, somewhere in that, I think, 20 to 40 range. I'd be surprised if all three of them, no other team comes close to that in terms of talent. And you have the coach in his swan song. Like everything sets up for Duke to win it this year, yet none of it, us picked him.
3: No, I, I think the story is great and it sounds great, but if, if, Jeremy Roach was more consistent and more of a traditional point guard or someone that we can say could shoot, even if he can slide off, he's just not there. And it's hard to pick those guys. I think ultimately Wendell Moore was playing ACC early player of the year. He'll be fine. He'll be the, he'll defend. He's going to be the ultimate glue guy. And now with AJ Griffin coming in and he can be that consistent third scorer. They're right there with those guys. I, I just can't, if we don't get a consistent Jeremy Roach from Duke they they can be an upset victim i i, I think they're a team that can be a, you know that you can upset they're going to be they're going to be right there gonna, you know you can defend them you know but i think again somebody's going to zone them and somebody's going to sit back and say hey we're not going out there you're too big you're too athletic just shoot threes shoot jumpers and we're going to have to live with that and i don't know if they can do that yet
2: and by the way, what's going on with Theo John? All of a sudden, he can't get on the court. I mean, he he was he was their most valuable player when they beat K- Kentucky. We're talking now. Maybe it's because of Griffin, but they're getting right. nothing out. They're getting nothing out of the bench. I mean, Joey Baker is, you know, the one thing that he was brought in to do was shoot three pointers, and he's not doing that. Um, and now they're not getting Theo John. And, and, and this we we've seen this with Szczeski for a long time. I mean, he he'll, he'll bury his guys on the bench pretty early in a season and ride with, you know, six or seven. And it just, when it works, it's great, but I just think it, it shrinks their margin for error. So maybe Theo John is someone to watch out for over the next six weeks if they can get him going, maybe built in some cushion. If someone else, you know, if we just need to have a blue collar win, then Theo John can help you with that.
1: Jeff Goodman, Randolph Childress, special guest Seth Davis joining us tonight on the field of 68s after dark and you know, we, we talk a little bit about Duke and their point guard play, and, you know, we don't completely buy it yet with Roach and even Wendell Moore, but another team that won tonight that, you know, questionable point guard play has been Michigan State. Now, they've won nine straight. They're 14-2, and 5-0 and 0 in the league. Didn't get a chance to play their rival Michigan last week because uh, the Wolverines had some COVID issues. But, you know, it takes a, a buzzer-beating shot from Hauser tonight to beat Minnesota at home. Max Christie's playing better. He's the guy that's probably got more talent than anybody else in the team. But let's face it, like Tyson Walker, you talk about that transfer list that I put together, Seth. Tyson Walker was high on that list. I had seen him a couple times in person at Northeastern. Absolutely loved him. But when you go up a level, and I did this last year, I did kind of a transfer breakdown from, you know, the CAA to one of the power five or six conferences, usually – you cut their numbers in half. Now I thought Tyson Walker would be a guy that that wouldn't apply to, and he could average 15 a game at Michigan State and be a high level point guard. He has struggled. AJ Hogard has struggled. Michigan State's point guard problems, you know, they're solid, but they're not they're not really good like they've been obviously with Cassius Winston um, recently, and they don't have a star. So, are you buying Michigan State as a team that can even? Make any real, real noise now. Maybe they can. Maybe they can win the Big Ten just because there's no dominant team in the Big Ten. We thought Purdue was that, but they're not that right now because their point guard play isn't great either. So, Seth, where do you stand with Michigan State?
2: Well, look. I mean, if you're telling me they can win the Big Ten, what you're saying is they can win the national championship. I mean, you know, the, the Big Ten. You know, whatever you want to say about it. If if they're going to win the Big Ten, they're going to be good enough to win. They could be a favorite. But um, so that, you know, that's just pointing out a, a little bit of a contradiction. I mean, look, they haven't played. If you look at their games, you know, they had those close wins against Loyola and, and UConn. Obviously, they lost to Kansas and Baylor. No, no shame in that. Right. Um, and they've won all these games against kind of Midland teams. And I got their schedule up here now. So they got uh, a week from Friday at Wisconsin and then the following Tuesday at Illinois. And even, you know, Michigan at home, who knows what's going on with yeah. them. Um, but those are the two big ones. I mean, at Wisconsin, at Illinois, if they can get a split in those two games, then I think we can believe in them a little bit more. And I actually think that Tyson Walker's playing pretty well. I mean, I didn't necessarily expect him um, to be a star, but I think between him and Hogard, it's been interesting to watch Izzo. And the thing about Walker is he's shooting 57% from three. So, unlike Severe Wheeler, you can move him off the ball. Um, and he had a, a, a key a three pointer for them in, in the second half. So, and, you know, in he's terms of a better. star, he's, does, does, de- he's definitely yeah, gotten he's better. He's good. He's solid. Look, but, I mean, look, to me, you're coming. I'm sorry, you're coming from Northeastern. I don't expect great things out of you. Um, and so, he's. I think he's been solid. I think that Max Christie has star potential. Let's see where that goes. I think Malik Hall has star potential. Let's see where that goes. I think Gabe Brown has star potential. So I could see a game where all those guys are, are firing. Maybe stars a little bit strong for Gabe Brown, but, um, but collectively I like, I just like watching them play. You know, I like the way, and even Joey Hauser tonight um, hitting that bucket because, you know, let him throw some elbows and finish at the rim and and be a garbage guy. Like whatever he's been doing the last couple of years hasn't been working. So the fact that he's buying into that, they got the bigs inside. So I think they're a solid team. Not great, but I think Izzo's taking worse teams to a Final Four. Can we agree on that?
1: <laughs> yeah, we definitely can. No, <laughs> listen, you're not ruling out Tom Izzo right. um, with any team. You know, and Marcus Bingham, we didn't mention him, but he's certainly gotten better, and he gives him a, a better. protector. So I, you're right. They've got a lot of good pieces. You know, Aikens, I think he's going to be ta- – he's a talented kid who, who's going to have his nights as well. I, I don't know. I just – I don't love him. And when I was there in the preseason, I was just looking at him, and I'm like, just where's your dude? Where's your dude? Because you don't really have one. Max Christie – I don't think he's he's got that alpha dog personality to want to be a dude. I think he's going to be a good NBA player because he can do this and he's got really good size and he can put it on the floor and get to the basket. I, I would love to see him be more assertive, and I know Izzo would too. I,
3: I, I'm, I'm – from watching Tyson Walker early on, I, I thought he struggled because he was a scoring PG and then he gets to Michigan State, and that's a hard thing to do it is – he just was so timid to me that that was causing so much of his mistakes. I think he's getting better. I think he's getting more comfortable understanding where his shots, learning when to pick his spots. And if he can continue to do that, we know they're going to defend and we know they have an identity as well coached as any team in the country. They're going to be right there. I just think he, they just need him to be a game when they're struggling to be able to score. He doesn't need to average 15 or 20 points a game. But that one game, he's capable of, of, of doing that. And I think when they press that button or put him in a situation to do that, I think he's capable of doing it. I, I think his struggles just come so much from being so uncertain and timid about let me just run the team when his natural tendency is, you know what, I can go score it. And I think he struggled with that early on. And I just see improvement with that. And, and, and don't be surprised if they, if they take the Big Ten title. Michigan State or Purdue, guys? Who you taking? Big Ten title.
2: You go first, Randolph.
3: I, I mean, I have. I want to say, I, I, I want to say Purdue, and, I, and I'm going to stick with Purdue right now. But I, I, their point guard play scares the crap out of me. Yeah. I, I, I'm terrified of their point guard play. Uh, they seem that they, they, you know of the three best players, two of them play the same position. They can't play them together. So it sounds great, but they're there. I'm going to say Purdue, but barely I, I'll lean to Purdue.
2: Yeah, I like Purdue. I mean, I, I think they got some stuff to figure out. I, I trust Painter to be able to do that. I agree their point guard play is uh, subpar. And again, it's just super weird to have, you know, two All-America candidates, really. I mean, I. I Look to, to me, if it's close, I lean towards the guy who's seven four to be honest. But I, I understand that there are, other, there are other problems that he brings, especially on the defensive end and having the hedge. And um, but I just think their overall uh, talent, toughness, experience, their culture—I um, would lean towards Purdue. But you know, I think the dark horse in all this is Illinois. Uh, now yes. I, I talked. I talked, You know, I, I mean, I talked to Underwood uh, last week, and he told me, and I don't know if this has happened, Jeff. You may know. That he expected Curbella to be clear to practice this week. Yep. Um, and this is very important because it's getting late early with this and all of this time. You now, when you're out with a concussion, like you can't do anything. So no. he's got to, just in terms of his fit, he, he will not be at his best at any time this season. But if they can get him well, to a point, maybe, where he by, can March. Help them, maybe possibly, by March, possibly. I just think it's super hard. You're talking about a concussion coming back yep. from that, you know, and and the mental toll, you know, what, there's a lot going on there, but. Yep. But – but uh, and so, like, when they bring him back, they'll probably be a little bit worse as they work him back in. But the, with the reps that – I know Frazier's a natural point guard, but the reps that, that he's gotten um, – yeah, I mean, with Curbelo in the mix, if, if they get him going, then I think Illinois is probably the best
0: of the bunch.
1: I would agree 100%. I think Illinois, when you look at the pieces, you got wings who can – I mean, Plummer's been ridiculous shooting the ball. He's been good. Frazier's so underrated. Obviously, Kofi's Kofi down there. Nobody – I, I asked Oscar this the other day. I said, "How much I want to see you versus Kofi," and he laughed. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, it'd be great," um, but Oscar's like, "Not. He's small compared to yeah. Kofi. Like he's Kofi. legitimately small compared to Kofi." Um, I just I think like you said it best. I mean, Curbelo he's kind of that X factor. Do you get better? Do you get worse? How is the chemistry? How is Curbelo up here coming back from the concussion? Not only just coming back from the concussion, but being re to a team that has played very, very well without him. And he was the guy that, anyway, coming into the year, you worried about, can he shoot it? Can he take care of the ball and make good decisions? So those are both areas that you wanted him to work on this year and get to a point where, come February, March, he would be improved in those areas. Now he hasn't had that time. Uh, but Illinois is kind of the X-factor team. The safe pick, I think, is... Well, the safest pick is probably Michigan State, but I think Purdue, if their point guards play like they did when I saw them early in the season and just make good decisions and make shots, you know, Hunter and Thompson, then Purdue's clearly the best team in the league. Uh, Villanova tonight went on the road and got Xavier in a sweep of the Musketeers. Gillespie had a big game. Justin Moore played well. Dixon was really good down low. Villanova was up a bunch. Then Xavier made it a game at the end, but, you know, the culture, right? The Villanova culture usually wins those close ones, and they did it tonight at the Sintas Center, and, and what was a pretty good win. You know, Villanova was playing better. They haven't been shooting it well, really, in, in Big East play lately, but they're still finding a way to win, and the biggest thing to me, Jay Wright's just got to find a way to get seventh and eighth guys some minutes. He didn't do it early, and, and I remember – At Mohegan Sun, he said that coming off the court. He was like, I got to find a way to get uh, the big kid, Longino. And now Brian Antoine's healthy. And and this was a kid that honestly was a knockdown shooter back when he was a recruit coming out. He's had the injury bug over and over again. But, uh, you know, listen, the Big East still runs through the main line, doesn't it, Seth?
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. And, and, you know, you you, you can't put guys in a game who aren't ready to play. Uh, right. and, and so Brian Antoine, you know, I, I spoke with Jay about him on, on Saturday and about this, about this issue, because that was the big thing with Villanova was, was their, their lack of depth. I think on Kempon, they're like 347 or something like that in bench minutes. So obviously concern. Um, and he said, Brian Antoine is fully healthy for the first time since he's been at Villanova. And this kid has, you know, had everything happen to him. Um, and, uh, and so, and then, you know, um, Caleb Daniels got uh, COVID recently, that was an issue, but you know, look at the box score. Brian Antoine played 14 minutes tonight. 0 for 3s. We didn't do much, but he played 14. Uh Longino. I want
1: to see. That, I just want that's to all. see him on the yeah. court.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Longino played three minutes. Um, he'll play more. Um, he's a good player. And, you know, Chris Archie Diacono, um, as your ninth guy, is not bad. And he got a lot of minutes early in the season that he wouldn't otherwise have gotten uh, for this very reason. So, um, look, I mean, watching them tonight it's interesting. You know, the, the, they're playing on the road. They went by four points and and they went 20 for 21 from the foul line, 20 for 21. And they won by four. So we're not talking about a big margin for error here, but Jeff, I mean, you said it, that culture of winning close games, everybody knows their weaknesses. This is not a big team. They're not going to throw it into the post. And if they do, it's probably going to be Colin Gillespie or Justin Moore who might catch it. And those guys can play with their back to the basket and pass out of the post. So um, Jay can figure that out out as well as any coach um in the country so yeah the, the road to the big east title runs through the main line but uh i'm not betting my house on
3: it <laughs> no I, 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 they, I, they're I, gonna attack matchups right i mean they're gonna pick up the, their team that's gonna look at all right we can post justin moore we can post Colin gillespie we can post eric dixon and they're gonna pick matchups to attack you they just gotta shoot the ball better i mean like tonight they were four for 23 and they're just really inconsistent from behind the arc uh, and, and and that's a big part of what they're doing. They're going to pick their spots inside and, and attack you and isolate you on the post with certain guys. But they're they're just not a great three point shooting team, and they've they've been better at that in the past. And and they've had no, uh, quite a few games. Not, you know, tonight no, no different. They've struggled from production from the bench, and we can talk about eighth or ninth guy. or well, you know, they're not. They don't have a consistent sixth, seventh, or eighth guy from a bench production standpoint, and. You're going to have to do that because then it just puts too much pressure on the other guys.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I still, again, kind of worry about their bigs. You know, they got Dixon and they don't have anything else. Anything else. You right. know, yeah. Jeremiah Robinson Earl was so good at everything. Like everything. He did everything well. He passed it. You know, he set screens. He could make shots from mid-range. Yeah. He was so cerebral.
2: How, how about you a know, shuffle? Just,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what. That's I mean, exactly that's, what they don't have. Right. Like, Dixon is a – he's done a great job. He's developed – I just still can't believe that Villanova went into the season and didn't – they don't go to the portal often, but they did for Caleb Daniels. I can't believe they didn't go to the portal for another big, experienced big that could give them 10, 12 minutes a game and give them a different look than a Dixon. Give him a long, athletic dude who could maybe block some shots and and protect the rim. All right, before we go, before we go, Seth, I got to know, like – how much did you hate this dude when he was playing for Wake back so against just, your, your, your Blue Devils?
2: You can't. He
1: was he was torching you guys.
2: You can't you can't hate you can't hate what you don't love, man. How do you not love? <laughs> How do you not love? And look, I, I'm a journalist, so I don't you know I don't think along these lines as, as we all know. But if if let's just say hypothetically someone was a Duke fan, and as a Duke fan, hypothetically they weren't thrilled with the the rival down the road in Chapel Hill. What Randolph Childers did to Jeff McGinnis is illegal in 23 states. <laughs> and I, I promise you, Randolph, one of the great things, you know, I got, so I got three boys. They're 17, 15, and 12. And they're all huge sports fans, obviously. And I always talk about how awesome YouTube is. And because you can call up anything like Kirk Gibson's home all right. run. Oh, you guys got to see this or Bo Jackson run up the wall. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, I told them that story about Randolph Childress's crossover, and 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 uh, you know they've they've tried doing that on the soccer field a little bit, and and that's okay. So so I'm I'm honor, I'm honored to be with you on this on this uh, on this uh, broadcast, Jeff. Not so much, but Randolph, you're the man. Likewise, and, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm proud of everything you're doing. Appreciate it. I'm taking you up with that room, man. I expect to see my room when I hey. come out. Come on, man. As long as <laughs> hey, my dogs, my dogs are pains in the butt. But if you if you if you like dogs, then then they'll, you know. I'm you fine. Gotta, I
3: got two myself.
2: Good. All right. Means we'll fit you right got to in Walk this the dog crazy on the beach. Means you, there you walk go.
1: the dog on the beach every morning. That's, That's you, gotta, right. you gotta get up with the dogs <laughs> and walk them on the beach. All right, listen. Uh appreciate it, Randolph. Uh, great as always. Seth, really appreciate you coming on. I know you Thanks gotta coming out me, of Jeff. tonight. And uh hope all is well with you and the family. Yep. And uh, we will talk soon. So field the sixty-eight. Yeah, big dark. fan of field
2: the sixty-eight. Love what you guys do.
1: Now we really appreciate it. And tomorrow night, Rob Doster, Terrence Oglesby, Ashton Gibbs, a couple more guys who could uh, who can make shots. We had one tonight, and one was enough. We'll see you tomorrow <laughs> night.